And welcome back to another Wild Wednesday. This is Interesting Facts with Chase. I am your host, Chase, from Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. And we are in the fourth quarter of the Harry Potter franchise and the fourth quarter of season one of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy, guys. So our final ride, we are getting on up that peak to the top of the mountain and we are driving this Hogwarts Express right off the rails as we're kicking it now into the final gear of our big arc here. Uh, So today, this is your bonus episode on Wednesday, guys. We are going to be covering chapters 6 through 11 that we went through on Sunday, going over the interesting facts there. Uh, Today, we're going to be reviewing a lot of the books. Remember, Hermione was grabbing and putting into her bag that she thought she would need with them that they took with them once they were escaping the wedding. Um, Also, we're going to be reviewing some spells, just like we did last time, just some spells we've talked about before just for a little bit, just reviewing those. Um, We will be talking about Quidditch today. On a side note, our big part of this episode today is we will be ranking uh, the shield charms uh, because shield charms are mentioned, so we will be ranking our top six shield charms. Uh, So let's go ahead and dive into it today. We got a lot of information for you. So on page 93, so this is referring to Hermione Granger when she was putting her books into that bag. Uh, It says she threw numerology and grammatica into a pile and the rise and fall of the dark arts onto another. So um, this is these were both books on magical discipline relating to numbers. Uh, The books were used in arithmancy class that she was in. At Hogwarts, and this was taught by Septa Vector. Septa Vector was born in 1974. She taught arithmancy and advanced arithmancy studies. Um, she was strict and known for her difficult homework, uh, which caused a lot of students to refrain from taking her class. Um, but the rise and fall in the dark arts, so it contains the history of the dark arts. The book contains details about the dark mark, Death Eaters, and Voldemort's rise to power during the first Wizarding War. Uh, and then here's another quote here. It says, even if the killing curse missed, uh, Mad-Eye still fell about 1,000 feet. So remember they were discussing about how they couldn't find Moody's body. And then it says, uh, said Hermione now weighing Quidditch teams of Britain and Ireland in her hand. So that was a book that was involving the Quidditch teams of Britain and Ireland. So we're gonna talk about that just for a little bit. So the book is on the Quidditch teams of Britain and Ireland and focuses on the British and Irish Quidditch League founded in 1674. The participating teams in this book that are in the Quidditch, British and Irish League um, are the Appleby Arrows, Ballycastle Bats, Bankery Bangers, the Carefilly Catapults, Chudley Cannons, Foulmouth Falcons, Hollyhead Harpies, Kinmare Kestrels, Montrose Magpies, Pride of Portree, Puddlemere United, Touchshell Tornadoes, Wingtown Wanderers, Wimborne Wasps, and they would have a trophy that was the League Cup. Known winners of this is the Belly Castle Bats have won it 27 times, Carefilly Catapults have won it 18 times. Chudley Cannons have won it 21 times. Montrose Magpies have won it 32 times. Pride of Portrees won it twice. Puddlemere United's won it 22 times. Touchshell Tornadoes have won it five times. 
and Winborn Wasps have won it 18 times. The league was originally formed with 13 professional teams, and then amateur teams were allowed to join later on that also compete for the League Cup. So kind of like how, you know, you have the MLS, but you also might have, you know, the Premier League as far as soccer or football, some people call it football, goes, um, where they'll mix and match cup tournaments. That's the way this trophy was. Um, that's why Puddlemere United has won it sometimes. Uh, the teams also competed for the Josette Ronsky Award for excellent pitch skills, and individual players would win Dangerous Die, a Lewin commemorative medal. Uh, teams in this league competed in the European Cup. Joseph Ronsky Award, what that is, is that's an award for excellent pitch skills. Uh, named after Joseph Ronsky, the Polish seeker that played for the Go- uh, Grodzik Goblins. He invented the Ronsky feint move, uh, which was argued as the most innovative seeker ever they remember that was the faint i remember fainting they discussed that in harry potter and the goblet of fire and victor crumb was really known for fainting um the grodzik goblins uh, goblins so that was a polish quidditch team and they participated in the 2014 quidditch world cup uh the dangerous die commemorative commemorative medal so this was created by the british and irish quidditch league uh, to honor the most famous players, uh, hence Dangerous Dia Lewin was what it was named after, who was a notably reckless player for the Caefili Catapults, and it is awarded at the end of each season to the league player who had performed the most exciting and foolhardy risk skills during a game. Uh, Dia Lewin was born before 1995 in Mykonos, Greece, his nationality is actually Welsh, but he was known for risks in uh, that he took during the match. He actually died when he was eaten by a chimera while on a holiday in Mykonos, Greece, uh, back home. His death resulted in the day of a national holiday. A Lewin was actually honored by the creation of the dangerous die, a Lewin commemorative medal, and St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries named the Serious Bites Ward after him. So in St. Mungo's, the Serious Bites Ward is actually named after this guy. Um, the Serious Bites Ward is actually located in St. Mungo's. Arthur stayed here. Uh, this is the same um, ward Arthur was in when he got bit during Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. So on page 94, it says he could have used the shield charm. Um, but so the shield charm, just a reminder again, Shield Charm protected the caster with an invisible shield. It reflected spells and blocked physical entities. It was an invisible shield that was conjured in front of the caster's wand, creating a protective barrier between themselves and the attacker. So, I did top six here, just like the other ones. So, six uh, for me is Protego, which is just the normal Shield Charm. So it's a normal invisible shield cast to protect the caster, uh, projected against magic, but is not defensible against powerful curses. So basically anyone can do this. It's just a normal uh, shield charm, which is Protego. Uh, Protego Duo uh, came in at number five. So what that is, is that's the incantation of the shield charm that protected casters from magical attacks. 
This incantation was fully capable of deflecting spells. It was cast at the shield um, to their original source, so it could protect even more powerful attacks. Um, Harry Potter is actually a known practitioner of this. Um, Protego Totalum. So this came in fourth for me. So in order to do this, you just raise your wand. It shields a large area. So not only does it shield powerful magical attacks and curses, um, but it shields a large area as well, about the size of a room. It's used for shielding an entire dwelling for an extended period of time and is designed to repel intruders as well as powerful curses. Hermione Granger is a known practitioner. So number three, Protego Horribilis. Uh, this is a protective enchantment against unforgivable curses, such as the killing curse and other dark magic. The killing curse, once again, is unblockable, but what this shield does is it's designed to leave holes where unforgivable curses can come in but pass uh, by uh, the target, and their magic is also dissipated as it goes through the shield uh, so they're rendered useless by the time they get to the the target if they do so but um this one has actually a known practitioner is professor flitwick is a known practitioner of this uh so number two so protego maximum protego maxima so this is actually seen very well in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 film, which we're not there yet. But if you go back and watch it, you can see this. Uh, the way they do this is they put their wand sky upward. It does take a number of witches and wizards to perform this. It's actually cast in combination of, with Fianto Duri and Repello uh, Inamincum. Um, it conjures up the almost impregnable... A magical protection barrier people who are out of the shield can't see or hear wizards or witches that are protected the spell is cast but not powerful enough where it's in it can't be broken so that's why it came in at number two because it can be broken however it can be breached um, with the penetration spell and that's the only way to breach it um, if the penetration spell is powerful enough so it has to be powerful enough to breach that just not any penetration spell but it can be breached though Fianto Duri um, so you point the wand to the sky it's a blue and white charm it actually makes the magical defense of this spell become hard and durable why forces of bodies crossing the boundaries of the barrier wind up disintegrating disintegrating if they try to pass through creates large resonating explosions and also causes a solid barrier to be built must be cast cast with a group of witchers or wizards and then repello in amicum is when uh, you also point the sky upward and it's bluish white and conjures that barrier of protego maximum and fianto dori which is another barrier of that and um it's conjures the main protection barrier around the casters so this is the one that must be cast in a group protego maxima um, known practitioners are slughorn molly flitwick um, mcgonagall so a lot of practitioners there but it must be cast with a group of people so that's coming in at number two your shield penetration spell that can break this by the way the way you do that is it 
points one to the place where this spell is desired. It's bluish white. It produces a powerful bluish white bolt that breaks large magical protections such as Protego uh, Horribilis. Basically, you have to point it at a very specific spot and its weakest spot on the target to break it. So it's very difficult to break, but it can be. The next one, the reason it's number one is because actually Protego Diabolica. So it's used with the dark arts is why. And it's an incantation of powerful dark charm that allowed users to create a protective ring of black fire around them and completely incarcerate enemies of the caster who came into contact with them. This is coming at a number one. While leaving their allies unharmed, it is possible to walk through the flames unharmed if the caster allows it. So on top of that, the caster can control the shield charm, which is also a fire spell and a curse, which we've talked about this in our interesting facts in the other rankings when we rank the fire spells. Um, the caster controls it. Caster can use it as a weapon and can make the fire bigger, smaller, or turn into a manifestation. The caster can also make it fiend fire and controllable and uncontrollable if desired. So it can be controllable and uncontrollable if they make it into fiend fire, uh, where it would take up everything and just you know runs rampant. Usually, it takes the form of a demon or a dragon in this case. It can be blocked, but has only been blocked once in history, and it required the defense of a group of five wizards and witches that were very powerful. Uh, the only thing that can block it is a group shield charm. This is only temporary. Uh, the fire can appear uh, with black and blue flames as well. Um, and then, of course, we've talked about this so many times. The known practitioner for Protego Diabolica is Gellert Grindelwald, um, which plays a big role into even here in Deathly Hallows and hearing, hearing his history that we're going to get so detailed on later on. Um, but he did this in the Lestrange Mausoleum. It did require Theseus Scamander, Newt Scamander, Tina Goldstein, Yusuf Kama, and Nicholas Flamel, all some of the most famous witches and wizards, just to block it temporarily, just to make sure no one else died and he still escaped um, and it just produced one temporary shield charm to stop Protego Diabolica. So all shield charms can be stopped, but the very higher ones, it's very difficult to do. Gellert Grindelwald uh, wound up casting this um, and he always said you know, to the group that was walking through here, he even said, play by the rules, no cheating children. Um, but, uh, so going into our next set here, so going over some more of these textbooks that Hermione was taking with, with her. So on page 94, um, the second pa paragraph at the bottom, it describes Spellman's Sibylry. Um, uh, so it says Harry looked over and just in time to see her burst into tears over her copy of Spellman's Syllabary. So Spellman's Syllabary was a book used an ancient runes class at Hogwarts written by Rosanna Amorum. Um, then on page 94 at the bottom. So here's a, another spell. So it's Torgio. So it says, hastily pulling out his wand, he panted at it in a rag and said, Torgio. So remember Hermione was crying when they were talking about Mad-Eye Moody's death. And uh, Ron did this and pulled out like a handkerchief. But it's a spell used to clean away liquids such as blood, dust, and grease. 
Um, the etymology of tergio is a Latin verb to gary, which means to rub off, wipe off, wipe dry, wipe clean, or cleanse. Um, then it, another one here. So it says a second later, Ron had snatched his arm back uh, from around her shoulders, and she had dropped the monstrous monster book of monsters on his foot, which is on page 95 in the middle. So just a review on that. Remember, that's the book that Hagrid had in his Care for Magical Creatures class. So the Monster Book of Monsters was written by Eduardus Lima and was released in 1978. Um, and Eduardus Lima was a famed Magi zoologist who was the author of Monster Book of Monsters. It says uh, at page 96 at the top, going through kind of this list here, she dropped Spellman's syllabary onto the two piles and picked up Hogwarts of History. So remember, Hogwarts of History was written by Bathilda Bagshot, which plays a large role later on when we get into part three of this book, um, found in Hogwarts Library, and this gave the history of Hogwarts. Um, then it says, uh, here's another part. She says, let's see, said Hermione, slamming travels with trolls onto the discarded pile with a rather forced look. This was on page 96 in the second to last paragraph. So Travels with Trolls was released in 1989 and was published by Rumahart Books, which we've talked about before. We talked about last interesting facts. Um, but this was one of Gilderoy Lockhart's works recounting his travels with trolls. Rumahart Books was that publishing house based in London, uh, published many famous works and texts in Hogwarts classes, including Gilderoy Lockhart's works. So Descendo is mentioned on page 97 at the bottom. So just a review here. It says, Descendo, muttered Ron, pointing his wand to the ceiling. Descendo, uh, your hand movement would be whip-like, and it's an incantation that made objects move or fall downward. Um, Spattergroit. Remember, Ron, what they were doing to make sure no one found out how they were going to track these horcruxes, he acted like the ghoul in the attic had Spattergroit. So... He says, anyways, he's going to be with me, to be me with Spattergroy. Good, eh? And that's on page 98 at the bottom. And that was the ghoul in the attic he was referring to. But Spattergroy is a highly contagious wizarding disease caused by infectious fungus. Um, this caused the skin of those infected to break out in purple pestules. Once healed, the blisters could leave scars, particularly on the face sufferers were unable to speak once the infection reached the uvula uh, the disease can leave people bedridden for several months quarantine would occur with the infected kids were actually taken out of school immediately if they ever got this disease um, cerebrumus spattergrolt what that is is that was especially and especially um, more contagious and virulent strain of the fungus that had an additional symptoms of memory loss and confusion. Uh, notable moments in history of the fungus. In 1877, no witches or wizards could remember the World Cup, and it was believed because of an outbreak of Cerebrumus spattergroit. Um, Amelia Bones, actually her assistant, caught it and was put in St. Mungo's Hospital in 1991. The only cure for this was basically a ritual and it was to take the liver of a toad uh, bind it tight to the infected's throat and then stand naked 
by the full moon in a barrel of eels by reciting an unknown incantation. And still, I tried to look up the incantation, and it's just unknown. Um, Break with a Banshee. So this is mentioned on page 100. This was another book Hermione was looking at. Remember, this was Gildery Lockhart's book. Uh, it recounted the defeat of a Banshee that he said he claimed, but actually was found a previous wizard did it in history. He required it in his second year defense against the Dark Arts class, and it costed five galleons at Flourish and Bots. Uh, defensive Magical Theory and Appraisal of Magical Education in Europe. This was mentioned on page 100. Uh, remember, she like threw this book away. <laughs> so this was used in Dolores Umbridge's class. Um, it described use of magic in the state of a secure way written by Wilbur Slinkard. So remember, this is the one Hermione got in that major argument with Umbridge about in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, Wilbert Slinkhard wrote defensive magical theory and protested peaceful approaches of magic. He personally approved defensive magical theory to be taught at Hogwarts in 1996. In appraisal of magical education in Europe, what that was, it discussed information on Bo Batten's Academy of Magic and Durmstrang Institute of Hogwarts. Uh, those schools in Europe, you know, that's kind of a full circle moment uh, with Goblet of Fire there. Um, Secrets of the Dark Arts. So this is mentioned on page 102 at the bottom. So on page 102, it says, this is one that gives explicit instructions on how to make a horcrux. Secrets of the Darkest Art. It's a horrible book. Really awful, full of evil magic. I wonder when Dumbledore removed it from the library. If he didn't do it until he was headmaster, I bet Voldemort got all the instruction he needed from here. So it gives information on the Horcruxes, but it was written in medieval times. It was uh, the volume bound was in black leather, and it is the only known volume to discuss Horcrux Horcruxes. Uh, Millamant's Magic Marquise, this is mentioned on page 109. What that is, is that's a business that offered a wide variety of tents and camping supplies um, founded by Millamant. Millamant, all that's known is that he founded the store. That's it. Um, 12 fail-safe ways to charm witches. This is mentioned on page 113. What that is, is it's a manual on dating and flirting with witches. Ron said, it's not all about wand work, is what he was saying. So that's where that came up there. Uh, the degree, decree for justifiable confiscation. So remember, this is discussed um, when they weren't going to give the sword of Gryffindor to Harry because they said it wasn't Albus Dumbledore's to give. So this is on page 123. It's the law that gave the British Ministry of Magic the right to confiscate the contents of a will if there was strong evidence that illegal terms might be passed on said will. The law was created to prevent wizards and witches from passing dark artifacts. It allowed the ministry to inspect the deceased possessions for 31 days, after which they must carry out the will if no dark items were found. Um, Raxpert, which is mentioned on page 149, this is another review we mentioned before. Remember, Raxpert is an invisible magical creature that would fly into a person's ears and make them confused. Uh, they can be seen with spectrospecs. Uh, remember, those were like those colorful glasses that Luna had in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince film. Um, but those infected with Raxpert infections can dispel them with positive thoughts. Um, spectrospecs, 
spectacles that were given away in free in the 1996 issue of the Quibbler. And you can see them in those Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince film where Luna was wearing those. And they had like the, they did them really well because they had like the purple and the pink on each side of the spectacles, which are really cool. Undetectable extension charm. Just a little bit of review here. So that's on page 162. The incantation is capacious extremis. That's a charm that expanded the internal dimensions of an object without affecting external dimensions, enhancing its capacity and rendering its contents lighter. This was advanced magic and heavily controlled by the ministry. Uh, Defendo charm. Remember, this is a review. So this is on page 166. It was a charm used precisely and accurately to cut something uh, known as the severing charm, which remember there was that whole story on that before that we talked about. Uh, page 167, the Obliviate Charm review. Remember, um, this is the memory charm, so Hermione actually used this. Uh, so Obliviate review, a.k.a. the memory charm, a light green spell. It erases memories different than the charm that created false memories. This charm was created by Monomi Radford, who is between the time of 1562 and 1649. Um, no exact date when she was born is known. Um, but it erased specific memories. Manim Radford was born in 1562 and died at 1649 at age 87. So when I say specific date, I mean no day on there exactly when she was born, uh, just the year. But she did become the first British Ministry of Magic Obliviator due to her skill and expertise casting the charm. She was known for spell creation and charms, um, the false memory spell is different than the obliviation charm, the memory spell. What a false memory spell is, is it was created by her as well, Minomi Radford, uh, sometime in the 1900s, but it created false memories in victims' minds without them knowing it. Uh, Tongue-tying curse, just another review there that's on page 170. Its incantation is Mimblewimble. Uh, it was a bluish curse that tied the target's tongue into a knot preventing them from making coherent speech. It caused the victim to be unable to pronounce spells correctly, usually rendering them defenseless. Hominum Revelio. Uh, so this is on page 171. So what that is, is that's the human presence revealing spell. Another review there. It revealed the presence of humans with a body marker, which can be felt by the target as a swooping low over them the revelio charm the uh, basic one revealed concealed objects um, the incantation for that is revelio a weasel patronus uh so remember like arthur had that weasel patronus when he was warning um harry ron and hermione uh not to respond back because they were being watched by the ministry but uh weasel patronuses uh, are known for people that are intuitive, are ruled by instincts. So it is thought that people have weasel patronuses are sly and cunning, but it's actually the opposite. People that have weasel patronuses are honest, polite, and usually friendly people. Uh, goat charming. So this is on page 182. What a goat charm is, is it uh, keeps goat horns clean and curly. Some actually consider this illegal in the wizarding world. Um, and goat cruelty. Alohomora, so a review on that. That's on page 187. So remember, this is the famous charm Hermione Granger 
used in Sorcerer's Stone to unlock doors. Alohomora, and it would unlock. Uh, but it was also known as the Thief's Friend or Unlocking Spell. It was used to unlock doors and could unlock objects that were under the locking spell, Koloa Portis, uh, that locked objects. It acted as a counter charm, so it prevented objects from being bewitched is what a counter enchantment is. Um, Nature's Nobility, A Wizarding Genealogy, so this is another book that Hermione had. This is on page 190. So it was a book listing all the wizarding families, including the ones that died out because of the lack of male heirs that were pure blood. So for instance, the Pepperell family that we mentioned before was one of the earliest names on here mentioned. Um, a copy was actually kept in the Slytherin dungeon as long as with the Black family and Creature had a copy. Um, the Slytherin dungeon was in the Slytherin common room um, the mantle had a portrait of a serpent and had several shades of green. So just a little reminder of the Slytherin dungeon there. A lot of people get that confused. And the Peverell family that we mentioned before, we'll also speak of them later on because they play a big role. So I'm not going to say much about them here. Uh, but they were among the first wizarding families to become extinct with the male line. Their names died out. Just remember the Peverell brothers spoke in passing about this and they're related to harry potter so yeah guys that's another episode of interesting facts with chase here so today we covered chapters 6 through chapters 11 for harry potter and the deathly hallows for this interesting facts episode on this wild wednesday once again guys thanks again for following us since the beginning here you know we've been on this harry potter run since october um, we've been on season one of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy uh, since last year, um, you know, January before this year. So the year before last, so a year and a half. So um, once again, guys, uh, just thank you for all you do for us. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave, hit that like button on YouTube. Cast a spell on that like button. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, Podbean, iHeartRadio, uh, really wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on Instagram. Follow me at rbrow129. Uh, Jay Nelly at his personal account. You can follow us at Official Ridiculous Patronus. Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy on Facebook. Um, actually on TikTok now. You can follow me there at Chase Brown 13 uh, you can follow us on TikTok for official Ridiculous Patronus on TikTok there. Uh, so on pretty much all the platforms. But once again, guys, just thanks again for uh, being with us on this awesome ride here. And we got some great more material coming up on Sunday. We get into part three here of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows as we go to start tracking down that locket. Uh, so guys, once again, this has been a ridiculous production I am your host, Chase, from Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. This has been Interesting Facts with Chase. Signing off. Uh-huh.